Mythologies The Death of Free Speech An old saying amongst venerable Japanese pensioners is There is no more expensive word than free. In this perception, they always look twice at anything which is offered as free. The old ladies of the Tokyo shopping cult are never fooled by such statements as buy one, get one free. In their logic, no business would make a full financial year trading if they were giving away for free a product with every sale of the same product. In this peak behind the veil of commercial mythology, they see the workings of the machine of exploitation in all its greasy mechanics. If you ask these same octogenarian consumers what they thought about the idea of free speech, they would apply the same reasoning. Nothing is free. To be free in the purest sense is to release any action or manufacture from all consequence. Therefore, when we say we are fighting for freedom or we are protecting freedom, we have to be very precise on how exactly we define that freedom and what we mean by being free. In any discussion of what free means in the context of free speech, we can look at a very specific example. This is a word I cannot say as a white man when talking about black people. Now this word is not being chosen for any other reason than that it is such a potent example of the issues in free speech and, as always in mythologies, there is no siding with prejudice or bias, merely investigation on a sociological level. The very fact that everyone knows the word, even though I haven't mentioned it, shows exactly how potent this word is. The use of our example word, and there is no need to state it, as that would just be deliberately provocative and disingenuous, immediately illustrates that free speech is most usually conditional in practice. If I am black, I can use the word without sanction. If I am white, the word becomes deeply offensive. As a demonstration of the conditionality of free speech that we are talking about, there is a requirement to state that we are not making any moral judgment over the situation surrounding this word, merely observing how the idea of free speech plays out in some situations. What is being shown is that words, which are primarily just a sound, are invested with beliefs from mythologies we hold to be truths. One hundred years ago, when the dominant mythologies in white cultures held that black people were little more than savages, questioning the use of such a word would have appeared baffling. That we now do question this word and apply different beliefs to how it is used tells us about the shift in the mythology of cultures towards a more human understanding of each other 
which transcends bias and prejudice based on something as insubstantial as skin colour. Speech and words are never used freely. To say differently is to fail to understand how mythologies condition our thinking. The mythology of freedom and free speech is a powerful conditioning of the human psyche. Where in history has there ever been a time when speech was free from all consequences? When has speaking truth to power ever been a good survival strategy? Perhaps Julian Assange might have an opinion on this question. There can be no doubt that the Thai civil servant, Miss Anchan, would have her view, but we are unlikely to hear it as she is currently serving a 43-year jail term for a social media posting. Words are not free, and they are certainly not cheap, although Miss Anchan did get a discount for pleading guilty to the charges on which she was convicted. Originally, the cost of her free speech was an 87-year prison sentence, but that was reduced to 43 years in recognition that she had admitted guilt, an act of leniency, no doubt. Words as a crime is not a new idea. The Spanish Inquisition burnt that principle into history. In Miss Anchin's case, the fire of wrath which she ignited was caused by posting not her own words, but the words of another person on social media. In her use of a secondary source, which espoused a discourse against the Thai royal family, by attaching someone else's voice to her social media, she was originally sentenced to 87 years in prison for disrespecting the institution of the Thai royal family. This is the 21st century. This is not the 16th century. Or is it? No one can doubt this verdict is anything less than a death sentence for a 60-year-old woman, even when reduced to 43 years. In our United Kingdom, even in America, where freedom is the foundation of the democracy myth, we pride ourselves on our protection of free speech. Here we look on with justifiable horror at such abuse of human rights and dignity. All across the land, the media people and the journalistic jockeys ride the ass of virtuous indignation. Job done in establishing that we have free speech and deplore regimes that restrict such a fundamental right. People from less engaged professions and occupations in the discussion about the issue of free speech take in the media and are also appalled. We decent people are horrified by such stories, but uh, once we've absorbed the information in a passing second, we move on because really... What's it got to do with us? We have free speech, and what happens on the other side of the world is nothing to do with us, even in a so-called global world. Anyway, there is nothing we can do about it, 
even if we did truly feel strongly about the situation. Charities with human rights briefs can issue statements. Their chief executive officers on £200,000 salaries can voice public disquiet. But after one good dinner party discussion, the focus moves on. Miss Engine remains in prison for what someone else said. Our everyday life suffers but the merest ripple on the pond of our collective consciousness as we return to more urgent debates such as how necessary it is to maintain the English Premier League football matches for the sake of the mental health and well-being of our nation during the Covid crisis. In this fourth week of January 2021, we all praise the wonderful football league we have. Just like our justice system, our police and our army, the best in the world, so the mythology goes. We celebrate our tradition of loving the underdog, as Leicester City stand proud at the top of the league. This support of the underdog is a symbol of our British spirit. Leicester are not a team from the pedigree of the traditional powerhouses of our national sport. And this underdog support represents a certain aspect of our character which loves to see the established order undermined, albeit only on the sporting field. We cheer on the players of Leicester City as they stride around on our screens in their shirts emblazoned with a slogan supporting their sponsor, the Tourist Board of Thailand. It says... Thailand smiles with you. Leicester City and their Thai owners have become part of the folklore of English football for several reasons, not least that, against the odds, they won the Premier League title in 2016, and also because of the tragic death of their owner in a helicopter accident at the ground. Even so, it is difficult to connect one thing for another, at least in the minds of the safe and secure, and any attempt to associate Leicester City and their Thailand connection with the plight of Miss Anchin would probably not pass the test of reasonable free speech in our country. Our media would hesitate to make such connections for a variety of very good and sound reasons. No doubt the Premier League would object and cite that owners have to pass a stringent test called the Owners and Directors Test, and no one's saying anything about the current Thai ownership of Leicester other than that they've been nothing but good for the city of Leicester. This test ensures that club owners and their directors are respectable enough to have the honour of owning one of our sporting national assets. Some commentators have expressed an opinion that the test consists of little more than showing a bank statement displaying a nine-figure positive balance, then it's always easy to criticise. Others have even questioned if extensive investment by Russian billionaires comes from strictly legal sources if not actually being the result of criminal activities. But such unfounded criticism is usually buried, one way or the other. Even the dreadful case of Taksin Shinawatra, 
the billionaire Thailand politician who bought an £81.6 million controlling share in Manchester City in 2007, despite facing trial on corruption charges in his native country, was just a blip in the process of the Premier League's test of suitable owners. He was found guilty in 2008 and lives in exile, unlike the underdog Miss Anchin. Still, the fraudulent theft of millions of dollars is not in the same category of criminality as posting what someone else says about the royal family on social media. <clears throat> Despite such negative and unfounded criticism of the best football league in the world, associating Miss Anchin's case with an English football club would not be smiled upon by the Premier League directors. They would probably make a case about the national interest and how damaging such probing would be to advertising and television revenues. One would hope that in a debate between free speech and advertising revenues, our media newspapers, widely believed to be the best in the world, would stick by the mythology of journalistic integrity. We would hope that, but probably Miss Anchin entertains no such belief in her prison cell. Even if our media did see a connection, the Foreign Office is unlikely to see a benefit in the possibility of creating a diplomatic incident, bearing in mind the strong personal ties between our royal family and the Thai royal family, it could be dreadfully embarrassing. Free speech has always been conditional. There's never been any such thing as free speech, except in those dinner parties hosted by middle-class intelligentsia, celebrities and politicians, and even then, such ideas are usually curtailed by a witty quip from the comedian of the moment. No matter what a national treasure will say in public, as he or she wrings out the handkerchief of conscience damp with sorrowful tears, in private they will share a joke in expectation of a mention in the honours list. After all, what is Miss Anchin to any of us when we have free speech? Let's just watch the football and perhaps we will be inspired as to our choice of holiday destination once the pandemic is over. That should make us smile.